0: Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Tuesday, October 6th. I'm Wayne Pratt. Medical officials have touted contact tracing as one of the best tools to help contain the spread of coronavirus. Tracking down potentially infectious people and isolating them can keep others from getting sick, but the effort is not easy.
1: A lot of people will just straight up hang up or not answer at all. Some people um, will kind of question my authority on the matter.
0: In just a few minutes, St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton will report on the difficulties of contact tracing. Some coronavirus restrictions are being eased in St. Louis County. Executive Sam Page says the maximum occupancy for all businesses will be lifted to 50% starting Wednesday evening. St. Louis County had been requiring businesses to limit occupancy to 25%. Page adds residents are still dying every day from COVID-19 and people must stay vigilant. Even as we see this progress, I must point out, this is not a celebration. And it's certainly not a time to let our guard down. I know this has been a long road, but this virus is still very much among us. St. Louis County will also allow high-contact sports among high schoolers if districts submit a safety plan to the Department of Public Health. Districts must have plans in place for screening and quarantining student-athletes if they get sick. The U.S. Census will collect responses until the end of this month, and there is still a large gap between self-response rates in St. Louis City and St. Louis County. St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmidt reports on what is driving that divide.
1: 53% of city residents have responded to the census, compared to 76% in the county. The disparity is mostly driven by low numbers in North St. Louis. In some parts, only a quarter of residents have responded. Charles Bryson chairs the St. Louis Complete Count Committee. He says the city had difficulty reaching some residents because the census collected responses online. The problem was a lot of people on the north side of the city, as we've seen, not only in this situation with St. Louis Public Schools, uh, don't necessarily have internet access or good internet access. Bryson says total responses to the census are likely higher after the Bureau conducted in-person follow-ups. That data has not been released yet. I'm Eric Schmidt, St.
0: Louis Public Radio. The candidates for Illinois' 13th congressional district seats have debated for the first time in this election campaign. Incumbent Republican Rodney Davis and Democratic challenger Betsy Dirksen-Lodrigan spent most of last night's hour-long debate arguing about health care. Dirksen-Lodrigan repeatedly mentioned Davis's votes to repeal the Affordable Care Act, with Davis contending that he has always fought to protect people with pre-existing conditions.
1: There's absolutely no way that I'm gonna support a plan that's not going to include pre-existing condition coverage.
0: Quit lying. And yet you did. Davis supported the American Health Care Act in 2017, which would have replaced the Affordable Care Act. That bill passed in the House, but came up one vote short in the Senate. Factcheck.org says the replacement bill would still have guaranteed coverage for pre-existing conditions, but would have allowed insurance companies to charge some people with those conditions higher premiums. The 13th District includes parts of the Metro East. Missourians have until tomorrow to register to vote in November's election. The deadline follows campaigns to mobilize voters throughout the country. St. Louis Public Radio's Kayla Drake reports.
1: People who want to vote can register on the Missouri Secretary of State's website. Mail in applications must be postmarked by Wednesday, October 7th, or people can register in person at a local election authority's office, the Department of Motor Vehicles, or a public library. Nancy Miller is the co president of the League of Women Voters of St. Louis. She says people seem energized to vote this election. You know, the Black Lives Matters and the the marches against guns, and there have been so many issue-oriented things that have occurred that have just made people want something else. As of Friday, 130,000 more Missouri residents are registered to vote than at that time in 2016. I'm Kayla Drake, St. Louis Public Radio.
0: Health officials say contact tracing is one of the keys to controlling the spread of coronavirus. That makes contact tracers essentially disease detectives. They start with a positive case and work backward to identify those who may also have been infected. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Phantom reports.
1: Haley Alder received her master's in public health last spring, right as the coronavirus pandemic hit. She knew she wanted to use her skills to help people during the crisis. Before long, she got a job as a contact tracer for the St. Louis County Health Department. Every day, she calls strangers on a government-issued cell phone and asks them where they've been and who they know. All to find out who has the virus and who could be in danger of getting sick. We might be speaking with someone who's upset or frustrated or angry, or we might be speaking with someone who is sad and grieving because they just lost their husband. Health workers say contact tracing is a time-tested technique that gets results, but their efforts are hampered by the public's lack of trust in health officials and widespread rumors the virus is a hoax. It's serious business. You are intervening before there is an opportunity for additional transmission. That's Spring Schmidt, co-director of the St. Louis County Department of Public Health. The county has close to 150 contact tracers. The St. Louis Health Department currently has close to 30 contact tracers. Many positions are temporary, are part-time, and turnover is high. On a given day in the county, workers make dozens of calls. And Schmidt says speed is key. That is our best opportunity to control transmission, to find other people who are exposed and get them quarantined or isolated. Contact tracers call people who have tested positive for the coronavirus to identify their contacts. That's people they've been within six feet of for 15 minutes or more. Then they call those people, ask them about their symptoms, and tell them to isolate themselves for 14 days. Schmidt says a two-week quarantine is a heavy thing to require of someone. We try to establish, you know, to make sure that people understand what it is that we're here to do. We really are here to help. Dr. Mati Fashwayo-Davis is an infectious disease specialist at Washington University. She says some may not trust or appreciate a stranger calling them and telling them what to do. Think of the history with this. Think of the history of this. Think about someone from a government agency who may or may not be of the same, you know, sex, racial or ethnic um, background as you telling you something about your health all of a sudden, someone you don't know or trust. But Davis says contact tracers need to be clear about what they need to know and how that information keeps patients and their loved ones safe. She says health workers need to quickly build a connection with the people they talk to. That's why it's important to ask the people they call what they need, like help getting food or housing or utilities assistance. If officials are asking for a two-week quarantine, they need to make it easier to stay home. These are folks that don't always have access, don't always have insurance, and so there's there's so much stacked against them. And so when they are, when they do find themselves positive, there is that fear of shame. Haley Alder, the contact tracer, says she tries hard to make it clear she isn't punishing people or shaming them for getting sick, but some just don't want to cooperate. A lot of people will just straight up hang up or not answer at all. Some people. Um, will kind of question my authority on the matter or, you know, tell me that it's all a hope. She says ultimately, there's only so much she can do. If a person refuses to talk to her or stay home, she gives them the best advice she can. We don't condone you going out in public. but If you do, you know, please wear your mask, wash your hands, stay six feet away from people, um, that kind of thing. After all, she has dozens more people to call once she hangs up. I'm Sarah Fenton, St. Louis Public Radio.
0: David Cosserase edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this has been The Gateway.